When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, howdy there, Internet people. It's Bill again. So, uh, tonight, we've got a special guest. He's the guy running against Mitch McConnell. You want to introduce yourself? I lost the feed here. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, my name's Mike Breuer, and uh, I'm a, uh, obviously, Democrat running against Mitch McConnell here in Kentucky. And uh, I'm a retired Marine lieutenant colonel, and I'm married to a retired Marine. And uh, right now, I'm a, um, let's see, I've done a lot of things. Started off as an artilleryman in the Marine Corps, served as a uh, provisional uh, rifle commander and uh, rifle company commander in Mogadishu. Uh, 92, 93 during the Somali Civil War, and uh, served as the uh, plans in Korea for Marine Forces Korea, uh, 2002, 2000-2002. I'm uh, also an educator, taught for uh, three years at the uh, University of California, and also I'm a substitute teacher here in Lincoln County, Kentucky, and uh, I'm a farmer. My wife Lynn and I have been farming here in Kentucky for the last 15 years, so uh, that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. All right. Okay, so the one thing you're not going to have to do with this audience is convince anybody that McConnell needs to go. Um, so what uh, – tell us about your platform. Where, where do you differ? From whom? From McConnell. Let's start there. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, how about – how about on everything uh, other than uh, oxygen is good, <laughs> but uh, that's probably even debatable. But, you know, uh, the, the basis of my platform, man, is this, is that uh, I believe in, you know, economic and social justice for all. And really, uh, the, the, the founding fathers nailed it when they talked about the fact that we are um, that we're all equal in the eyes of the law. We all deserve equal protection under the law and that the bounty of our land, our resources, our wealth, our energy is something that we all hold in common. And uh, that's that's been the, the, the basis of my platform from the very, very beginning. I don't know if the Senate majority leader actually believes in that. Uh, I think he's a guy who who believes in accumulating power and wealth and he doesn't give a crap about the Constitution about the Republic or about the people of Kentucky. I can, I, I can definitely uh, see where you're coming from on that one. Um, when you say economic justice, what, what does that mean for the people of Kentucky? Well, you know, man, when I started out, um, I viewed economic and social justice as like two discrete items. And, uh, but the more I thought about it and talked about it, I guess I kind of convinced myself that they're so uh, tightly linked that they're kind of the, the same thing. But let's talk about economic justice. Um, so Kentucky and, and, you know, probably the eight Appalachian coal-producing states, um, I mean, we built the great cities of America. We built the railroads. We built the cities. We built the bridges. And uh, we've been left holding the bag economically and environmentally too and i don't know if you're um 
if your fans are, are interested in environmental issues. But, I mean, literally, we are holding the bag on uh, 200 years of, first it was timber, and then it was coal. And now the coal's running out. It is sayonara. And, uh, you know, I would not want to be a Republican uh, politician going out to coal country, going to Harlan County, and saying, now nah, we're being coal back, boys, because uh, that's not go over very well with people out in eastern Kentucky. Or, and, you know, we've got coal fields out in western Kentucky, too. Mm. Um, um, so the idea of, from from those of us, outside or those of us who used to live in Kentucky, the idea of bringing social justice to Kentucky seems like an uphill battle. <laughs> uh, what is your, uh, what, what, what's your plan? How, how are we going to do this? I definitely think you've got the, the blue collar workers. You, 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 you have their attention, but that phrase social justice carries a lot of baggage there. So, so what's the plan? How are you going to market it? <laughs> Well, it, you know, I don't know if it's it's marketing. You know, I, I'd spent, uh, you know, we've been farming here for 15 years, but you, you it takes a little bit of capital to farm. And uh, so we've done work off the farm, obviously. And uh, for two years, I was a reporter and three years, I was an editor of a rural newspaper, the third oldest here in Kentucky. And, uh, you know, you learn how to communicate your message to people. And I'm who I am, who I am. And so kind of, you know, as a... Uh, you know, a little scary on the outside, but kind of squishy on the inside. I had to, uh, you know, learn how to, to communicate to folks who were who would read my weekly editorials, and uh, we, I learned that uh, you got to be you got to be right, but not like self righteous, and uh, you got to be patient, and uh, you can't make people feel dumb for believing what they believe. And so, when I talk about social justice. I mean, it's, it's as simple as things as looking at, like, okay, we've uh, turned prisons into an industry in Kentucky, right? And in the last uh, seven years, we've increased the number of women in prison by 300%. You know, th- those are families without moms or without sisters or uh, daughters and primarily um, African-American and uh, for nonviolent crimes. It's, and it's because, you know, we have got the term prison and industry in the same sentence, you know, just like education and industry shouldn't be in the same sentence, you know, prisons, prisons are for prisons, not for making profits for people. But we've created a system here in Kentucky where a lot of people are making a lot of money off of our prisons and we're more than happy to provide them clients to fill those prisons up to the, to the max capacity. Uh, you know, a lot of folks I run into say, well, you know, I, you know, I'm I'm fiscally conservative, right? And it's like, all right, you're fiscally conservative. Explain to me why someone who's committed a nonviolent crime, maybe drug possession or possession of marijuana, why it's worth the taxpayers $124 a day to take that person away from their family and their home. We're talking $25,000 a year to to keep them locked up and uh, give them no reentry into into what you know whether it's it's in rural kentucky or or urban kentucky give them no a smooth entry back into uh society where they're just going to reoffend and send them right back to prison so we've created this self-licking ice cream cone that's just one example 
you know, of, 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 of the prison system. And, uh, you know, just ridiculous things like just today in here in Kentucky, uh, the, uh, the, the state Senate passed a bill cutting all the money to public libraries, right? All right. It may not be a big deal for people, but if you live, right, if you live in the country, I mean, the public library is your internet service provider or McDonald's is your internet service provider. Um, and uh, so here we are looking at the coronavirus and they're talking about shutting down schools and the kids needing to get, you know, do uh, distance learning. To, to continue on their school year, perfect time to cut the school budget. You know, those are social justice issues. And whether you live in, in Louisville or Lexington or you live out here in Chicken Bristle, it hurts. And that's what I talk about when I'm talking about social justice. That makes sense. Makes sense. Um, so McConnell has money, he's got backers, he's got a lot of people. Well, not people. He's got a lot of companies throwing cash his way. How are you going to offset that? Well, it's by, it's by talking. I mean, you know what I tell people is that, listen, you know, they say, how are you going to beat McConnell? I say, you beat him with the unrelenting truth, right? You know, the fact that we're that. So he's been Senate majority leader for a long time. He's been in Congress. He and I entered federal service the same year, right? You know, <laughs> one of us is a multi- Right, 1984. One of us is a multi, multi, multi millionaire, and the other is a freaking asparagus farmer in Lincoln County, Kentucky. But you know what, man? I made the right choice because I gotta, I can sleep at night. Um, but how do you beat him? So I, I, you beat him with unrelenting truth. And uh, you know, I was talking to a group of uh, women Democrats out in Estill County, which is uh, in eastern Kentucky, eastern Kentucky, and I, and uh, they asked the same question. And so, you know, okay, so we're. We're seventh in, in diabetes. We have the fifth worst economy in the United States. We're third worst in cancer deaths. And, you know, we are, we are like number one in child abuse and number one in child homelessness, right, here in Kentucky. And so when people say, oh, how do you give the prestige of having the Senate majority leader? He hasn't done nothing for Kentucky. You know, <laughs> go out and ask that question in the coal fields and see what people say. Um, and that's how you beat them. Now, sadly, uh, 70 days to the primary, and uh, I got a lot of ground to cover, but we've been hitting it hard since uh, since July, and uh, we can close the deal for the May 19th primary. Okay, so uh, to address anything that's going to break you from McConnell um, that may surprise people, you from anybody else i'm breaking up a little bit dude but i i think what you said was uh is there things that are going to separate me from mcconnell yeah any uh, okay. hot button issues on the well, more con yeah. controversial stuff uh, all right the controversial stuff yeah obviously i mean there, there are some hot button issues uh women's reproductive rights big issue in kentucky um and also, uh, and I got to tell you, judging by that 303 shirt, you're not going to like this one. But, uh, you know, I am I, I, I have a firm backer in universal background checks. And, uh, you know, some of the red flag laws that are in, included in the Violence Against Women Act. Um, and uh, those are kind of considered to be hot button, hot button issues here in Kentucky. But I got to tell you what I found, man. Um, when you tell people what you believe up front and you don't try to triangulate or or you know give them some kind of long shaggy dog story about your upbringing 
Um, they say, well, I disagree with you, but at least you didn't lie to me. Now, I know that's a, I know that's a low bar. <laughs> Politician, <laughs> you know, but but I got to tell you, like I was talking to some farmers up in northern Kentucky and the guy, one of the guys asked me if I was pro pro choice, you know, um, or pro-life. And I told him pro-choice and he kind of slapped his hand down. He said, well, I disagree with you, but at least you didn't lie to me. So you got my vote. And I'm like, all right, there's one. You know, right, right. But, uh, <laughs> but I think that being honest with people, and uh, you know, even if they disagree with you, they're like, at least this guy's not bullying me. You know, mm. I don't know how you feel about that. But. No, I. Uh, as far as the Violence of Women Act, I, I think that we've got. There's not just do we need to 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 have some motion there we've got to close the whole well you were charged with domestic violence but it got knocked back to assault so you don't lose your rights i I think we need to address that too that's a huge huge loophole that always gets ignored and domestic violence is a really really good indicator of future violence um so no i'm I'm definitely pro second amendment but i'm also not insane um i I would like (laughs) I, I'd like I'd I'd like people not to get killed, you know. Um, yeah. But yeah, I can well, see being pro-choice being a tough sell in Kentucky too. But again, I I don't know that with with the climate there right now, I don't know that that's going to be a a make or break issue. Well, the other thing that you know McConnell's good at is his parachuting in some pork. I mean, you know, his wife is the secretary of transportation. So, you know, dropping off $60 million for a bypass is no problem. And, uh, and, and it happened. It's happening all over Kentucky. Ah, you want that bridge built now? You know, you need that bypass. Here you go. Here's $15 million, $20 million, up to 60 million bucks. But what, what people, and you got to keep communicating this carefully, is that it's not his money. You know, it's our money that he's that he's he's buying your votes back you know he's buying your votes with your money so um i think people are onto his game you know it, there, there's been a couple busts uh you know the, uh, for example hemp um he got a great deal of uh credit for ramming through the, the legalization of hemp but it's completely backfired here i mean I, I i can line up farmers for you who've got a barn full of hemp they can't sell and uh, the only people, you know, I said holding the bag before, the only on the hook for this are the farmers, the uh, the uh, processing companies and the and the uh, and their investors. They all got their money. And you've got farmers literally with barns full of unsold hemp and they're going to lose their homes because hemp's a non-traditional crop. You can't get a typical farm loan for it or farm insurance for it. And if no one buys your hemp, you eat it. And yeah. uh so people mortgage their homes and we're, and we're talking about like salt of the earth, Kentuckians farmers have mortgaged their homes to go into this new venture and they're out. I mean, there's no next year for them. It's not like soybean or corn or, or, or cows or something they're done. And so as a farmer myself, um, I could talk to them. I understand I've been through the process and uh, I, I think that I, I, I think that I can hit home with them and, and point out the fact that they're just being used. So it's a long road, but I'm, I'm a patient guy. All right. All right. Um, in Kentucky, I guess another 
another hot button issue would be, uh, I mean, it, the thing is, it's a decided issue, really, but it's still something that gets talked about it is uh, gay marriage. Is that something you want to wait in on or are you just going to uh, stand with what the law ha- has decided? Well, I was way ahead of the law. <laughs> was a newspaper editor back in uh, 2010. If this is a long, boring story, man, just give me the high sign and I'll shut up. But <laughs> all right. So before, uh, so it was back when they were reauthorizing Don't Ask, Don't Tell. And uh, so I'm editor of a rural weekly newspaper and I wrote an editorial called Don't Ask, Don't Tell, Don't Care. And uh, basically based on my 40 plus years of my wife and my experience, knowing plenty of gay people in the military, um, and uh, I said, listen, no one in the military gives a damn about this. The only people who really care about who you, yeah, okay. The only people who care who you sleep with are preachers and politicians. And they only care because they think you care. So, so anyways, I published this editorial. And, and this is a very, very small, very Baptist-y kind of community. And uh, I get a call the next morning. Someone wants to talk about my editorial, and the lady says she's a uh, self-identifies as a little old church lady from Crab Orchard, Kentucky, wants to talk about my editorial. But here's what she said, man. She said, I read your editorial, I thought about it, and I prayed about it, and I realize you're right, and if you're okay, I'm going to copy it and take it to Bible study on Monday and tell everybody that you're right. And uh, I counted that as a big victory, and it kind of reinforced the fact that, listen, you just got to talk honestly and uh, and with a you know a sense of fairness to people of Kentucky and they'll come on board they have keen sense of fairness here you know common sense may not have you know uh, degrees and things like that but they pride themselves in being fair and understanding other people and so um, yeah I, I, I gotta tell you man um, you know I don't care who someone sleeps with I don't care who they love and uh, you know what um, everybody I think these days, knows somebody who um you know is probably gay lesbian transgender or whatever and uh you know i, I gotta tell you i, I don't want to i'm not gonna talk too in detail specifics but as substitute teacher i had my this past year i had my first two trans students one at kindergarten and uh you know so here i am leading these kids off to the bathroom because you know kindergarten you go about 20 times a day but uh, and the only person worried about what was going to happen next was me, because the kids just sorted themselves out, went in the bathroom and no one said nothing. And they just went back and went back to being themselves. And, and my fear of telling that story is that some self-righteous prick is going to hunt down that poor kid and run him out of the school. Um, and uh, and so what? I don't care. And I think that uh, overwhelmingly, ultimately, Everyone knows somebody who has a different orientation than them. And uh, other than some few hateful people out there, this is something that's kind of gone past the point of being important. I get it. All right. (coughs) So here's a a question I always ask everybody who comes on the show. If, uh, you know, there's all these people watching, Tell them how to change the world. One thing that an individual can do in their community to make the world a better place. What do you got? Don't be a dick. (laughs) Fair enough. (laughs) No, no. 
seriously, I'll tell, you, I'll tell you one thing about about farming, like the way we farm, you get a lot of time to uh, reflect. There's an awful lot of time walking around picking crops by hand, like three, four, or five hours a day. And the you know the worst thing you can do is have uh, a real uh, destructive internal dialogue going on. You know, it's the you know when you're in the shower, you're viewing the argument, you're going, yeah, I should have said this, you know. But uh, you know the the just just turning off that internal dialogue for a while and opening your ears and opening your minds and saying, all right, where's this person coming from? And uh, you know, it just. I mean, I guess you're asking me to reflect back on 58 years of, of what I've learned in my life about getting along. But, uh, you know, I, here's one thing is that, that, that at my age, um, you know, people take a look at you and say, well, you know, plus years in the military, combat veteran, blah, blah, blah. You know, they expect me to be like real hard and brutal. But I got to tell you, man, I, as time has gone on, my mind's opened up and I've gotten you know, able to listen to people and really appreciate them. Just shut that noise off my own head and listen to what people are saying. And, and yeah, you don't have to agree with them, but you don't have to hate them either. They're not the enemy. And so, yeah, I guess if you want to ask me how to change the world, don't be a dick. <laughs> I like it. That, that should actually be a campaign slogan, to be honest. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, So, I, I'm assuming I, I don't know. Um, I'm assuming your your campaign is self-funded and through the community. Do you have any big donors lined up or anything like that? Not a one. Not a one. Um, all our donations so far have been in, from individuals. But I'll tell you what. The um, lately things have have actually improved quite a bit. Um, I mean, to get started, we sold off all our excess farm equipment. We sold all the animals. Uh, emptied out the bank accounts, what little there was in there. But um, I've had a whole bunch of people come off Andrew Yang's campaign um, and uh, literally flooding uh, here to Kentucky. Um, and I, I, I told someone earlier today, last week I had five grown men, you know, sleeping in my two-bedroom farmhouse. And uh, I had a neighbor... Had a neighbor drive a leaky old mobile home over here. I had two poor kids staying out there. And uh, so... But it's been uh, it's been a real shot in the arm, and they're better at fundraising, and they got a much bigger reach than I ever did. Um, so, yeah, the last couple last two weeks particularly have been very very good. But no packs, no endorsements. Um, we've gotten a handful of checks from companies, and we mailed them right back. Uh, so all of our donations are coming right from individuals. All right. All right. Okay. So. On that note, give everybody your information. Give everybody where they can donate, where they can find out more about your platform, where they can get one of those cool shirts with the guy throwing the flowers. That's <laughs> I'm not supposed to show that. Oh. <laughs> Is that it with the Banksy? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, when I when I when we initially uh, had that show and people go, oh, my God, is he Antifa? It was like, oh, you've missed the point, but that's all right. So if anyone's interested, um, they can go to MikeForKY.com, MikeForKY.com. And, uh, you know, there's obvious, sus you know, the usual suspects donate. But my issues page, um, I kind of spilled my guts back when I launched back in uh, July. And 
just kind of let it all hang out there. This is a one shot deal. Like I said, no, you know, no triangulation, no focus grouping. I just kind of spilled it all back then and I'm sticking to it um, on the hope that at least people will appreciate honest, you know, honesty. Um, so Mike for KY.com. And if they care to donate, which would be awesome, act blue. Um, and they can also reach us to that site if they're in Kentucky or they want to come volunteer, donate. Uh, and the last thing I'll say is if you like the message, spread it, Facebook, Twitter, re, you know, retweet this or repost this podcast if people like it or hate it. I don't know. I don't care. Go ahead and post the whole thing. And uh, that really helps because, you know, there's this exponential force of the Internet where all you got to do is tell three, three friends and it just blows right up, which I'm sure you know. All right. Is there anything else you want to – any other information you want to get out, any other ideas you want to get across before we uh, wrap this up? No, Bo, but I just want to say thank you uh, for having me, and uh, thanks for being a great host. And, and you know, this is very kind. Um, people have got no reason – you know, they got no – they don't owe me nothing. Uh, but I think that even, even, even the most conservative person in America can look at Mitch McConnell and say he is not good for the republic. You know, he and he needs to go. He's, he's got thirty. He's had thirty-five years. He's had his turn. Time to go. And I'm the guy to beat him. So thank you so much for having me. And I and you're you're a good host. Good questions. And uh, I'll come back anytime you want. All right. All right. Well, that's it for this one. And uh, we will see all y'all later.